0: Seinfeld, the masseuse is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are both considering a potential name change to Dion. I'm Rob Sistrino. Here is Akiva Dion Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I thought
1: you were going to say two guys who haven't vomited in 13 years.
0: (laughs) Well, this is good setup for the black and white cookie, because Jerry mentions about how he has not vomited since June 29th, 1980 in this episode.
1: Yeah. And during an earlier episode, when when this came up a little bit, I think uh, in the dog dry heave. Yeah. Yeah. We we, so we we did a deep dive, I think, into the, uh, you know, the you know, the veracity of his like throw up streak. But I guess we'll get into it more.
0: All right. So we've got a lot to talk about here in the masseuse. This is an episode where Jerry is dating a masseuse who will not massage him. Uh, George is back to dating the woman from the risotto. That's, that's not the name of the episode. What is, what's the name of that episode with the risotto? The mango. The mango. And then also we have uh, Elaine is dating Joel Rifkin.
1: Uh Yeah. Do you know of the real serial, serial killer, Joel Rifkin?
0: I know the name. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the news story, but I remember it was a particularly big deal in New York and Long Island, you know, as I was like a, uh, you know, middle schooler, like ninth grade uh era of, you know, it's right in that Botafoucault era of true crime in the New York area.
1: Yeah, I'm a big true crime fan. Yes. Like I love reading true crime books and watching documentaries and you know, podcasts like Serial and stuff like that. Um, you know that there is like, so he, Joel Rifkin was like a serial killer who I think mostly killed prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And you know there is an active serial killer on Long Island who's uh, killing prostitutes.
0: Uh, that but, Joel, I,
1: I, but he's in jail, Joel Rifkin. Hmm. So it's not him.
0: So okay, so we'll see it's not a copycat crime, is it?
1: I don't I mean I don't know, but uh I mean Rifkin's not getting out, it says till 2197, so you don't have to worry about Rifkin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Way to bring the podcast down right off the bat, Akiva.
1: <laughs> it just I'm yeah, you know, I'm just warning you. Like there's a serial killer on the loose if you go back home.
0: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well happily I am here. Uh, in California. I just got back from New York. I was on Long Island last week. Akiva, I met so many of your friends when I did the live Survivor podcast back in New York. You always say, yo, you have no friends. And No, you, know, you always say you have no uh, friends. Yo, you have lots of friends.
1: <laughs> no, I don't have lots of friends. I'm like in the middle.
0: You're like the you greatest always... guy. Everybody's like, I love Akiva.
1: Well, who said this? I want names. Who said that, I, <laughs> that they love Akiva? So many people. So many. It's mostly tolerate. I mostly hear like, Akiva's fine. No, people
0: love you. Akiva is a man of the people, and uh, I met so many Akiva fans at the live show uh, that I did in New York for the Survivor podcast, so very, very fun. I am back now, and our first Seinfeld podcast since I've been back to L.A. Yeah,
1: the show was great. I'm uh, I'm glad you're back.
0: Very fun stuff. Okay, so Akiva, let's uh, just jump into this. Uh, Do you have any Seinfeld news for this week?
1: It was a slow news week, but I do have uh, you know our, our sometimes uh, Seinfeld uh, tr- uh, Twitter you know tweets about Seinfeld segment. We could do that instead. Okay, great. So Amir Blumenfeld, who I think is the college humor guy, tweeted: uh, "How did Seinfeld get such good ratings? If at Jerry Seinfeld wasn't even around to live tweet any episodes, hmm, that's fair. Good question. <laughs> that's fair. We can imagine what the ratings would have been then.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and C- uh, comedian Chris Regan tweeted uh, last week." Um, has the Pope taken the real Kramer's Seinfeld tour yet? <laughs> Was there ever a Pope uh, reference in Seinfeld? Was there a Pope? Well, we we go into, in a, in, in two episodes, we have the conversion, which is like Latvian Orthodox. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's the Pope. I think that's like a whole nother. A different ball wax. Yeah, I don't know who like their like leader is. Yeah, okay. Um, it's Kramer. Kramer, well, maybe by the end of the episode. So I I don't think there's a Pope reference, but uh, let us know if you if you find one in Seinfeld.
0: By the way, I was watching the Met game on Saturday when uh, they were no hit in game two of doubleheader by uh, Max Scherzer. And Jerry was in the booth, I think, for the uh, fourth inning. And uh, Jerry, very excited for Mets playoff games. Uh, Look for him in the stands, at least, or in his box uh, this upcoming Monday for game three.
1: Um, is was there any, uh, breaking Seinfeld news or did they just discuss the Keith Hernandez episode for the thousandth time?
0: No, they didn't really discuss it, but there was a little bit of talk about the tweet, which Jerry had put out there, which was like, Hey, I'll be in the booth on SNY with Gary Cohen and the 1992 comeback comedy actor of the year, Keith Hernandez. And oh. there's a little bit of talk about what, what did Jerry mean by the comeback actor of the year, comedy comeback actor of the year?
1: Yeah, and by the way, to answer your Pope question, I don't think there's any Pope references in Seinfeld. But uh, Elaine Pope did write uh, the Cheever letters last season, so I guess that's as close as we'll get. There you go.
0: Do you like it when they have Jerry in the booth on SNY?
1: Yeah, listen, there's 162 games. You got to mix it up a little bit.
0: That's very fun.
1: I loved when Ralph Kiner would come back for like a few innings every now and then. You did. Sure, it was great. I mean, for a few innings, like, and you know, he'd like someone would drive him in, and they'd like wheel him out, and it was it was great.
0: That could go either way when they bring somebody into the booth on these baseball games because, so, you know, sometimes it goes really bad for two reasons. One is where there's something actually going on in the game and, like, it's really terrible also, like, when they talk to these people, like, in the stands also. it's like well, that's hey, why like, Kevin Burkhart
1: was so great because he could, like, announce while he was talking to them.
0: Right. The, the, some people like us. Steve Gelbs. Is that who does it on SNY now? Yeah, he's not as good as Burke. Not as good. Sometimes it's like he'll be talking to somebody. It's like, hey, we got the coach for Rutgers is here, and it's like, uh, and you see like there's like throwing errors going on and like a complete debacle, and the other team is just like rounding the bases, and the guy we got is, a like,
1: perfect perfect game in the seventh. Uh, here's Turtle from Entourage for the next. <laughs> yeah, two Jerry
0: Ferrara, fellow podcaster.
1: I think. I, yeah, like if you have an A-lister like Seinfeld, you go there, and also he's a real fan. Like he can contribute a little bit. Yeah, no he knows you what's just going get on, like, Here's the you know the third lead from the blacklist. You're not going to get too much information.
0: Yeah, and then the other way that is also bad is like they have somebody in the booth, and it's somebody who really is completely uninterested and is just there to plug something. Like I'm trying to remember, there was one
1: time Fox used to do that, right? They would have like the they'd have like all right. The series that's going to be canceled by the second episode, like the one where it's like her father's the district attorney. And they kept showing that during the playoffs. Yeah. So something like that. And like they'll have the person who you've never heard of. You're yeah. like the little brother from the OC in one episode is going to come by.
0: Yeah, I was watching a one that game. This is like a couple of years ago. and They had like Don Cheadle in the booth. And it was like and he had like some movie coming out and he's there to like promote the movie. But he didn't know anything about the Mets or anything that was going on. It's like, all right, all right, come on. Stop it.
1: You should have to pass, like, a basic test <laughs> to walk into the booth. Like, name three people in each starting lineup.
0: Right. Is a person's a fan or has something to do with the team, like, let, that's fine. But uh, it's, like, just letting anybody come into the booth. Like, this isn't, like, Jimmy Fallon. Stop it.
1: I have no idea how we got here from, uh, oh, I guess Jerry, Jerry was, was in the, the
0: booth. Jerry was in the <laughs> okay,
1: booth. fine. Okay.
0: All right, so we're very excited for uh, Mets playoffs. Anything uh, anything else you want to just uh, say this last podcast that's going to go up before uh, the playoffs start? And actually, probably games one and two might be in the books by the time people uh, listen to this for the Mets NLDS.
1: I'll just be happy if the Mets are still in the playoffs when we do the podcast next Wednesday. Yes,
0: I would sign up for a split right now.
1: Yeah, take us to game five, and we'll 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 press our luck there. Let's
0: get to seeing Jerry in the box on uh, game three with uh, Chris Rock and other uh, Mets comedians there uh, for game three.
1: Yeah, I mean, is it, Larry David's a, jo- a Dodgers fan, though, right? Oh, is he? So oh, he, that could be a big This rivalry. could really drive a wedge into the friendship. <laughs> I mean, in, in Kirby's a Dodgers fan. I don't know if he is in real life.
0: Yeah. All right. So I want to say he's a Yankee fan in real life. Yeah, he might be. Let's get into it and let's talk about the masseuse. And uh, this episode will take us back to November 18th, 1993, written by our good friend, uh, Peter Melman.
1: Friend of the podcast.
0: Friend of the podcast. And uh, here we go, talking about an episode where we start off in the stand-up, talking a lot about serial killers in this episode. And they talk about how the serial killer never killed the neighbor. The neighbor is always there to talk about what the person was like. Didn't play the music too loud.
1: I always think like, you, you you, know, you watch the news. This does ring true. You watch the news and there's always a neighbor being like, yeah, they were quiet. But it's never the neighbor who actually knew them, right? Because the one who knows them is like mourning because their friend was just murdered five feet from their house, mm-hmm. right? So they're never speaking. Like if it was someone you know, you're going to be like, go away media. But if, you know, so they're always getting like a cousin who hasn't seen you since like your bar mitzvah.
0: Yeah. Also, Jerry talks about the woman who falls in love with the serial killer and writes to them in prison. That's also a weird thing that he thinks. Is is that still a thing?
1: Oh, it's still a thing. I was watching. um, uh, Now I'm blanking on the name of the documentary. But there's like all these guys are inundated by women. There's a whole like subsection of women who will who just like write letters. First of all, the fact that they write letters they should be in jail with the serial killers. Yeah. Just like putting a pen to paper. Who does that anymore? Is it but only they write serial letters. killers
0: or is it like, um, you know, uh, is it the act of serial killing? Cause it seems like that there was like planning involved. Is that what it seems like this person has. I don't think you on? have
1: to be a serial killer. I do think that they're charm like more charming uh, maybe sometimes, but you have to be famous. So like if you weren't there for serial killing, you had to do something really bad. Like you can't just rob 20 banks. No one's going to know who you are to, fu- to, like, you know, seek you out. A jail yeah. celebrity. What do you think
0: about this idea that, you know, re- not saying the name of the people that commit these uh, terrible crimes? Do so you think that, that would that do anything or would still get if out? If we never
1: said their names? Yeah, or showed a it's picture. Tricky. It's tricky. It's like I hear what you're saying in an ideal we're, world. we're taking
0: the same rules that apply to somebody that runs on the field during the baseball game. We're just not going to show them because we don't want to encourage that type of behavior.
1: Well, how about we say, like, I, I hear what you're saying. What if we don't let them get married though? Like Charles Manson is in prison and he's, uh, he's, you know, married, yeah. he has a swastika on his face and he's married. Like,
0: yeah, I the, don't know. Uh, Wait, I think we you know, this is probably going down the rabbit hole, but again, if we ever run for office again, that, well, let's put that uh very high. That's on. What on was
1: our, our first, do you remember our first platform was? Yeah. I said, I, I,
0: <laughs> I said uh, that everybody has to just get a fake lawn.
1: Oh yeah. Fake lawn. Okay. That was
0: the, that that was, and then uh, that was that was pretty much as far as we got.
1: But, okay. Okay. We're But we're, we just want to make it clear we're anti-serial killer. Oh, sure.
0: sure very much so. All right. So let's talk about uh, Jerry and Elaine are talking, and they're discussing Jerry's vomit streak, which is uh, going back to June 29th, 1980. Uh, the prior time to that was actually June 29th, 1972. And he remembers because he was saying to George, can you, can you believe this? Again, June 29th. Now, we know that the throw-up streak will end. I looked ahead. It's the dinner party, which is actually coming up in about uh, five or six episodes. So look at Seinfeld, like, laying some track for something that we're going to come up on. This is Chekhov's vomit.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I, I love the idea of Jerry, like, mid-vomit, saying, like, can you believe I'm vomiting again on June 29th? But the problem with that story is, wouldn't it have had, have to happen, like, twice already for him to know that it was June 29th the last time? Because, like, he vomits June 29th, 1972. Yes. And and then, he, so then he's like, okay, I haven't vomited in five years. I haven't vomited in six years. I haven't vomited in seven years. But, like, he's not thinking about the day. He's just thinking about 1972. Then maybe afterwards he looks back and he's like, oh, they were both June 29th. If he could somehow figure that out.
0: Well, what like, if. How does the, he know
1: the second time that the first time was June 29th? What does if have, the
0: time before that time? was, like. I don't know how old Jerry is, but say let's say it was like someday in it was, it, he had been like having like a five year streak. Yeah. And so he re- and but then, wouldn't that have come up
1: then? He he would say, like, you won't believe it. It's the third time, you know, well, that say, I vomited on June 29th. No,
0: Well, let's say it wasn't June 29th. Let's say he, he, yeah, he vomited in, say, November 13th, 1968. And he was working on a five year streak then. So he's like, OK, well, that was a long time. At Atlanta. So then he remembered the day because it he would already like he's like, you know, Cal Ripken sitting out a game and now starting a new streak.
1: These are sick people we're dealing with.
0: <laughs> well, they're throwing up. Okay, Because Joel Rifkin apparently has not thrown up in quite some time either. He is, not, he is also not thrown up in eight years. He's also tracking this information. And we also learn, of course, that Elaine's boyfriend is named Joel Rifkin, which ironically, Joel Rifkin is probably uh, not super well known now. So if Joel Rifkin just would have rode out the storm, I think he would be okay by now.
1: Yes. In fact, had he changed his name to OJ, I think that would have been far worse, even if he kept Rifkin as his last name.
0: (laughs) And so the Joel Rifkin thing, uh, yes, very unfortunate at that point in time. (laughs) So Elaine is on the phone with Jerry in this scene. She hangs up with Jerry and we end up following her into her office and she's being abused by her coworkers who are mocking her for dating a Joel Rifkin because apparently If you have the same name as somebody, you are also a serial killer.
1: I mean, like, it totally makes sense. It's crazy that that this guy didn't even think to change his name until Elaine came along.
0: Yeah. When is the Joel Rifkin saga in reality? Like, this episode takes place in 1993.
1: I think it had just come to, like, a head. I mean, he must have just been arrested because he did all his murdering from 89 to 93, I think. Okay.
0: Yeah, so Joel Rifkin has uh, not got a great mugshot, uh, Joel Rifkin.
1: He, you know, he really could have done without the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great look. Yeah. So, how do you get? How do you get glasses in prison?
0: I'm sure they give you glasses in prison.
1: But can you get like stylish glasses? Like, can you pay for your own?
0: I don't think so. I think you probably. Yeah, I don't think it's like going to uh, you know lens crafters where they. Like- I feel
1: like if I was in prison and I really can't see without my glasses, I feel like some bully would take my glasses and I just wouldn't be able to see. Sure.
0: Sure. I think it depends on what you're in for. You know, we've talked about what you
1: think that bullies are going to be nice to me, depending on what I'm in for.
0: Yeah, I think so. If you went to a white collar, you know, nice sort of like like, you know, you committed like a tax fraud or something, I think you'd go to a jail with other people. I don't think there's too many bullies there.
1: You don't think Bernie Madoff's going to like steal my glasses?
0: no i think that there's a lot of people with glasses i think and i think you'd get a i think that just like we talked about you're a, you're a man of the people people love you i think you would get along very well there and i, don't, I think that, that you think like,
1: i do okay in prison
0: i think you do again we're, t- we're not gen pop not in not, you know the re- regular. you know
1: all like the like the shortcut terms yeah. wow yeah <laughs> gen pop you guys watched a lot of oranges new Black.
0: if you had an imaginary friend i think that would help you as well if you were in jail
1: um, if someone murdered him, though, it would be bad. <laughs>
0: that would be bad. You'd be very, you'd be very sad. But anyway, so I don't know how we got to. Oh, Joel Rifkin's glasses. Yeah, so 1993. This is really in the hub of everything for uh, Joel Rifkin, the height of uh, Joel Rifkin mania, and so <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like an imitation son of Sam.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Elaine's uh, co-worker is making fun of him. And she gets mad and she says, hey, he's good looking. He's a good shaver. And he's my boyfriend. Stop talking about Joel Rifkin.
1: He's. Good. I love he's a good shaver. It's just like the most ridiculous. And it's funny because I even made a point like, oh, I want to see his shave. And then I never looked during the episode. So is he a good shaver? Seems like a clean shaven guy. Yep. <laughs> That's like his three. His three. It's a, Elaine, When Elaine makes lists, they're always gold, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a good person. You know, I don't laugh at crazy people on the street.
0: Yeah, the freaks. <laughs> All right, so then we also have Elaine now after this conversation. She's in the hallway with Jerry. We make a lot of good use of the hallway set in this episode. We haven't seen it in quite some time. Yeah. So Elaine and Jerry are in the hallway. We get sort of like that weird shot that's sort of like the uh, reverse shot down the hallway. And Jerry and Elaine are talking and uh, is saying how she wishes he had a different name. Maybe he should uh, change his name. What about Claude? Claude, Claude Seinfeld. So Kramer comes in. And uh, they ask him like right away, and again, no, no hoopla whatsoever for Kramer entering. I think that's officially over.
1: Yeah, but also it works here because like Kramer kind of comes in, says a ridiculous thing, and leaves. Yeah,
0: he comes in, and they ask him how many women did Joel Rifkin strangle, and he knows like right off the top of his head, eighteen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, which I think is not true. According to Wikipedia, it's somewhere from nine to seventeen. But you know, they were just like sorting the bodies back then. So well, who knows?
0: Kramer did not. S- <laughs> I don't know if he's a reliable source. He just like uh, threw out a number.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, he and, might not even really be adopted. Yeah,
0: and he says that the reason why he's a serial killer because he's adopted, and Kramer tries to imply that anybody who's adopted is going to be
1: a serial killer. Yeah, he was actually adopted, by the way.
0: Yes. He says adoption leads to serial killing, and then Kramer walks out. And Elaine says, uh, you know, Joel and I have an extra ticket to the Giants game. Kramer pops back in and says he wants the ticket. So it's very funny. He's, he's gone. She says, I have the extra ticket. He comes back in to claim the ticket.
1: Who has three tickets to anything, though?
0: <laughs> it's a weird number, right? You're right. It's
1: always two or four. The three doesn't really work.
0: Okay, so they're going to leave the ticket for him at the will call desk. And so is that they still have that Akiva?
1: Uh, yeah, it's in some capacity. They still have the will call desk. But now you can just email someone the ticket most of the times.
0: Okay, so then Kramer leaves. And so uh, Elaine says, do you think I should have asked George? Would George have wanted to go?
1: Yeah, which you'd think like, oh, George is going to get mad and it's going to pay off. But it doesn't really come up again, right? Yeah,
0: it's just like they need a segue to get to talking about George and what he's doing. And so... Right we end up finding out that George has gotten back together with Karen, who was the woman from the mango. So again, you know, we talked about how season four was all these ongoing stories, but season five has its share of things that keep coming back. And of course,
1: yeah, they're more subtle, but yeah.
0: And so here is Karen. Now, did you remember that Karen came back? Cause I totally did not. Recall. I think we
1: discussed it during the mango. Yeah. But what's weird is like, we don't know sort of like, cause he, they leave on a bad terms, right? He accuses Karen of faking. She wasn't faking. And she kicks him out. So I'm curious how he got her back.
0: Well, maybe that George's performance was able to warrant uh, a reprieve.
1: It would have been funny, by the way, like in terms of callbacks, if like George was walking around this whole episode eating mango.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or she had risotto back in the uh, the restaurant. But anyway, so George is back together with her. And so we find out that George really wants to have Jerry around for a double date because. This seems like a new character trait for George. He likes to have another couple where he can bounce things off of. And that I guess he has said before that he makes small talk with the waiters because he likes his date to see that he's a man of the people. He's not stuck up.
1: Yeah. And it's also like it's two more people that could laugh at George's jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we also are getting introduced to Jerry. It's really This is a weird episode because Kramer doesn't have too much to do. He's sort of like he's going to the Giants game, he's getting the massage, but he doesn't really have his own storyline whereas the three other principals in Jerry and Elaine and George, they all are dating somebody and we're following like each of their own stories with their significant other.
1: Yeah, there's usually one max two of these sort of like important new characters like new boyfriends or new girlfriends. Whereas here there's three and none of them return. Like, it's, it's a lot to keep track of.
0: Do you think that's part of the reason why they brought somebody back instead of having to invent three new characters? They said, okay, why don't we just have somebody that we've already introduced before?
1: I mean, I guess that makes sense, but it's not like the audience knows her so well from one episode.
0: Yeah. And so the problem for Jerry is that he is dating a masseuse, but he cannot get her to give him a massage. I,
1: you know, I mean, like... If, you know, someone asks you, like, hey, come out with me and podcast with me, I'm not sure you'd be into that. Yeah.
0: Now, the woman who is the masseuse, uh, she's played by Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, is she best known as Stifler's mom?
1: You think that's her, like, main, her number one sort of best known role? On IMDb. Yeah. On IMDb, it says best known for playing Stifler's mom. Yeah.
0: according <laughs> the Wikipedia. That she is an actress uh, and a comedian known for playing Stifler's mom, a role prominent in the American Pie films.
1: She must be one of the moms on Two Broke Girls because she's been in 80 episodes of that.
0: Yeah. So she's one of those that people that you see her in, in a bunch of things, but probably the character that she's best known for is the uh, Stifler's mom character from American Pie. Have you seen those movies, Akiva?
1: Um, I've, I saw the first one, maybe the second one. Yeah, you don't need to see uh, the third one. I didn't go to like the straight to the DVD ones or anything like that.
0: So anyway, she won't give Jerry a massage, which is very upsetting to Jerry.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is Jerry's quest to get a massage is kind of like funny, but it, like I'm kind of on her side here in this episode. Like, why do you need to bring your work on?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry is also getting a little like by the end of the episode is kind of forceful about the massage. Like, I feel like a yeah, very whole, questionable oh, behavior. The there. line is definitely crossed by the time we get to the end of the episode but we'll get there.
1: I mean, it's pretty funny, but yeah, I guess we'll get to it, but it's, it's interesting.
0: So the double date is interesting because George is talking, he's telling this story and his date is like, he is completely hitting home run after home run and his date, Karen is eating it up. But Jerry's date is not so into it. And I was actually a little confused as I was rewatching the episode because I thought that Karen was Jerry's date and the woman uh, Jody, who wasn't into it, was George's date, but then I realized that that uh, who she was, like, that's how, you know, obscure of a character Karen is, that I thought that that was actually the woman Jerry was dating.
1: Okay, so everyone thinks that, because that's, the, the, the direction in this, this whole scene is terrible. And so that's the biggest problem. George is sitting next to Jerry's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like, a gap in the table, and on the other side... He is George's girlfriend and then next to her back around is it's Jody, George, and then Jerry's kind of sitting next to Karen. So it makes no sense. So it's very confusing. So it looks like George and and it's dark also. Mm -hmm. So it looks like if you don't remember Karen and we haven't, we've discussed the two characters in the last scene, but we haven't seen them in this episode. You think that it's Jerry's girlfriend laughing at George's jokes until you, you realize in the next scene it wasn't.
0: And I also don't think she looks exactly the same. I think her hair is different this time around.
1: Yeah, it's po-
0: like I feel like her hair is like in a, po- a ponytail in this episode, and I feel like it wasn't in the last time we saw her.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have no facial recognition, so I'm not good with these <laughs> what things. What about
0: but hair but, recognition?
1: Uh, even less. I don't, I don't know what color hair my wife has. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, this scene has like a lot of problems.
0: So anyway, but George is telling the story. What is the story that George is telling with the saleswoman?
1: He went over to a saleswoman who, who had a really low-cut outfit and said, like, what's your goal? Like, do you realize people are going to be gawking at you all day? Karen starts laughing, and then George says that he didn't really say that. Jerry's girlfriend, Jody, is annoyed. He's like, what you said, you literally said that. And yeah. now you're taking it back, and you were you saying you're exaggerating.
0: <laughs> yeah. So George, I mean, but story. George is a liar. Yeah, this is the line. It's, it's kind of a weird story. George is saying that... Uh... <laughs> So I go into this clothing store and the saleswoman is wearing this <laughs> low cut thing. So I said to her, can I ask you a question? When you put on a top like that, what's your thought process? What's going on in your mind? <laughs> like, it's not really that funny. <laughs> and, but his date is hysterical.
1: Yeah, she's like cracking up. I mean, the idea of saying that is funny. I guess people have thought that. I don't. I don't know if you'd say it now, but like. It is something that like people would discuss in the 90s, but uh,
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean,
1: she would have punched him if he said this. So I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) And then also then uh, George talks about how, you know, it's like you never see a really attractive woman getting a traffic ticket. And then again, it's confusing because I thought this is his girlfriend. So I thought that this is going to be a whole big thing, but it's actually Jerry's girlfriend. But uh, she says, what are you talking about? My sister got a traffic ticket last week. Are you saying she's not attractive?
1: Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is confusing, and it's not especially funny, and it's like, what do you? I, but it's also just like George rambling. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that he that he has a theory that attractive women have never gotten a traffic ticket before.
0: Akiva, is this a thing? Do attractive women not get traffic tickets?
1: I've I've never been an attractive woman. We we Rob, yes, we need an attractive woman
0: correspondent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, well. Uh, unfortunately, our wives don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, so we'll our wives don't outside, outside of the people that we know. So we'll have to ask uh, any of the. Well, Also they're such great
1: drivers; they've probably never gotten a traffic ticket. Yeah, even yeah. they've never even deserved one.
0: If there are any attractive women that listen to the podcast, but I sense that this was probably more of a thing in hammer time. I think that probably there were more uh, police officers that had a little more jurisdiction. Back at, in 1993, where you could sort of do what you wanted to. I think it was a little bit more of like uh, things were more loosey-goosey then. I think that now things are probably a lot more protocoled. And I think if there's a traffic violation, you know, between cameras on the patrol cars and stuff like that, I think you kind of have to give the ticket now.
1: Yeah, and remember, Julian hasn't taken office yet. So it's still like, you know, mayhem in the city. But in two months from now... When he's in charge, that's it. He's yeah. putting his foot down.
0: Also that Jerry is like really trying to force the issue with the massage here. He keeps talking about how tense he is and how much his neck hurts. But George is very funny here. Again, this is smug George, where he's like doing like like finger snapping and talking about like just being like really, really pleased with himself, even though Jody hates him.
1: I love confident George, right? He's like snapping the waiter like, hey hot doll, you know, my tea is my tea's getting cold. My
0: tea is getting cold yeah, me. Very, it's very funny. Okay, so Jerry is back at the apartment with Jody and she is going off about how what's the deal with your friend
1: George? Yeah, I like this conversation because I feel like I've been there Mm -hmm. with like, you know, my wife like complaining about a friend, like, oh, you can never hang out with him again. Like, he's disgusting. He's
0: disgusting.
1: And it's like, and it's someone you really like, and is like, oh, yeah, like, okay.
0: Yeah, Jerry's (laughs) just like going along with it. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad seed. Like, boy, my neck is really, he's
1: like, I would ask you, I would ask you if you had any friends your wife hates, but I guess if you don't have any friends, then. Um, Unless she scared them all away,
0: the answer would be yes, yes. I think that 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 uh, if there was, if I had a new friend, I think she would uh, come up with some reason why she doesn't like them.
1: But I feel like Jody's a genius. Like she saw totally through George. Like he's a huge liar. She calls him out on like the little lie about you know t- telling the woman off in the store. Like I feel like Jody's on the right track here.
0: She's very perceptive. Yeah, she knows what's up.
1: Except she has no clue what her boyfriend wants. <laughs>
0: Right, that she can't pick up on. But the George thing she was very perceptive about. So we go back to George and Karen, and they're talking back in the restaurant, and George is wondering, hey, do you think that uh, the things went good? Do you think that she liked me? I was very personable. And again, she is so into George, and he is not picking up on the fact that Karen, who again, now maybe he's a little bit like sort of like hand on the hot stove because he thought that she faked with him. But he is in no hurry to get back to her house, even though she seems to be
1: leading the charge. Yeah. And the tables have turned because she was not this into him. She was not obsessed with him in the last episode. But in here, she's just, you know, like obsessed with George.
0: I think that post Mango, I think he really did a number on her. And I think that uh, that she is uh, remembering that fondly.
1: Yeah. And this is like a George, you know, doing like the he doesn't want to be a member of any club that wants him type of thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Perfect and so george keeps asking her, do you think that she liked me and uh she, he, she's getting very frustrated like she doesn't want to talk about it
1: yeah i mean maybe they even like you said they switched her hair maybe they switched her hair to like make her seem more desperate and like someone who's like less appealing to george
0: uh, you think she's been on
1: hard times like maybe maybe we're seeing this through george's eyes and he just like you know they messed up they poofed up her hair a little bit to make her seem like oh yeah like george isn't interested anymore okay
0: So we go back to Joel and Elaine again. There's so many scenes in this episode of each of these people with their significant other. And it's funny because Joel like uh, like comes up behind Elaine. He tries to massage her and she like jumps because she thinks that Joel Rifkin is going to strangle her. Very funny. It
1: is funny because like he has no signs of other than having the name of a serial killer and I guess being adopted. Yeah, like there's no reason to think that he's a murderer.
0: I don't know, but this is kind of a weird guy. I feel like that this guy is like uh, very much uh hammer time. He seems like he's got like what, like uh highlights? What's going on with this guy?
1: Yeah, he's I, he. I I do. They did cast like someone who could ostensibly be a serial killer.
0: <laughs> but no, I feel like a serial killer. You would think would typically be like an unattractive person. Like this guy is like. Oh, Rob!
1: Don't hate on. Uh, I mean, we're getting angry letters from serial killers well, saying. I, like, actually,
0: oh, well, I apologize that uh, serial killers are often some of the most attractive yes. and smart and well liked people around.
1: Yes, totally.
0: Yes, uh, they are often misunderstood.
1: Not yeah. by us. They should be let out of jail.
0: Well, we're <laughs> even we're we're even sucking up to the jailed serial killers.
1: Oh, you. <laughs> Wait, you were just sucking up to the serial killers who haven't been caught? Yes. Oh, like the guy on Long Island?
0: <laughs> well, any of them.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I because what if a jail one gets out? Like, what? you know, <laughs> okay, those guys broke so. out of prison. I guess we don't so. want Like, they're going to come after. Yeah, I don't think people in jail can listen to podcasts, though, because okay. I Adnan from Serial couldn't even listen to his own podcast. I don't think they can listen to podcasts. <laughs>
0: yeah. Although, yeah, and he was innocent also, just in case. Oh, he is innocent.
1: If he's out there. Just in case. We believe he. and do you notice in this scene what Elaine is reading what's
0: she reading like a fantasy football magazine
1: no it's a New York Giants program from like a game day like probably the last game he went to he brought home the program
0: Uh, so what is uh, Joel Rifkin like a giant season ticket holder
1: he must be I used to get you know my family's had Jets tickets since the week they they signed Joe Namath in 1965 and I would get at every game even if I didn't go I'd have my grandfather bring me back the program so I had a stack of like 100 programs when I was like you Know after high school, whatever, and then I realized, like, why? What am I gonna do with these? Like, they take up so much room.
0: Now, Elaine talks about how boy, there's a lot of football players named Dion uh, these days. Now, are there that many Dions on the 1993 New York Giants roster?
1: Um, well, it could have been like a whole like league list of something, but uh, I did check there. Were, I think there were only three Dions in the NFL in the early 90s. Were any of
0: them on the Giants?
1: Well, Dion Figures, who, if you remember, he was like a nickelback in for like the Steelers for a long time. Um, he was not on the Giants. Dion Sanders was never on the Giants. And the third Dion, I don't think, was on the Giants either. Hmm. So I don't think she was actually reading the program. I think, uh, I think it was just the line they threw in there. Because okay. she says OJ next, and I don't think there was an OJ in the program either.
0: Well, she starts talking about, yeah, changing. Maybe Joel Rifkin should change his name. Maybe. How about that? What do you think about Joel Rifkin? Um, and he is asking her, so, well, you want to change your name to Dion? She's like, of course, not. That, well, that would be ridiculous. I'm a woman. And my name can't be Dion. But she says, yeah, what do you think about OJ? Yes, OJ Rifkin. It's just initials. She says, please change your name to OJ. Now, this would be such a hilarious postscript if we would find out in the finale if you know, Joel Rifkin had indeed changed his name to OJ Rifkin. Wouldn't that have been a great beat in the finale?
1: Yes, that would have been a great beat. (laughs) I think think they probably just didn't think of it.
0: Because this is 1993. We know that uh, a year from now, OJ is going to be, again, speaking of uh, people that are uh, not having the best of luck with the law.
1: (laughs) But also probably innocent, and we like them.
0: Yes, OJ
1: Simpson also because OJ, we, you know, he's going to come out and he's getting yes. out of you Want to be nice though.
0: Always, I've always said OJ was very innocent and uh, we got was misunderstood also and handsome and and he was a great running back, ha- very handsome. And, and you know what? I think he still got it. I wish I wish he was on the Jets.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but he could coach the Jets for sure. Sure, well, the Dolphins maybe they have a job open.
0: Yes, so somebody should employ OJ when he gets out and and uh, after being wrongfully imprisoned. But in terms of, wouldn't that have been such a great joke if they would have re-
1: remembered this was in there? It would have been amazing. I feel like now we have to ask this to Jerry when we speak to Jerry.
0: Yeah. So Jerry, was there any talk about in the finale with Joel Rifkin that Elaine asks him to change his name to OJ?
1: Did you ever consider
0: bringing that character back as OJ Rifkin in the finale?
1: I feel like not one person would have got it. Because it's such <laughs> a throwaway whole, line, but the whole Jack bef-
0: Childs joke is based on the OJ trial.
1: Yeah, that's true. But it the, it happens before. It happens before the OJ thing. Nobody so, like remember. now, yeah, with like the with the presence of the internet and like tons of syndication, like yeah. we see this. Not one person would have gotten it, but it would have been an amazing joke. It
0: would have been amazing. Okay, so we end up with uh, George and Jerry talking about the events of the night before. They're in the diner. And Jerry is talking about how, um, you know, he still wants the massage. He only had sex with, the, with uh, Jody. And uh, the sex was good, but he wants the massage. George wants to know, what did Jody say about him?
1: Yeah, this is a good back and forth here.
0: Yeah. And he's like, is that it? And he's like, yeah, that's it. He's like, there's nothing more. There's nothing else she could have said. And then George keeps prying and says, you know what? I think she doesn't like me. I saw a look. She doesn't like me. And finally, Jerry's like, you know what? She doesn't like you. Doesn't like me.
1: How could she not like me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he says, wait, what were her exact words? <laughs> Jerry says, uh, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had somebody like this, Akiva, where you have found out that they actually don't like you? Not even like a little bit of a perception. Oh, uh,
1: I'm sure. I feel like every one of my friend's wives ever.
0: But they, have, you have heard, like my Akiva boy, my wife just
1: does not like you. Huh? I, I don't think that. Bl- I, somebody I remember saying to me, like, "Wow, that's so funny that like so and so's wife likes you because everyone's wife hates you."
0: Mm. <laughs> why? Why do the wives not like you? Because you are always like with feel, like uh, starting. To, we want to talk about
1: sports.
0: Is I think what? so. Yeah.
1: I think so. I thought I like when we you're want to go to games. We want to do this.
0: You're not like the guy that's like, oh, you're out with Akiva. You're going to be out at some bar doing God knows. No, blood. no, you're not no. A no not, not a bad
1: influence. No, no, I mean no, maybe like gambling a little, but not like uh yeah, no nothing nothing like that. I I, th- I think it's just like I I'm not like in- I'm only interested in hanging out with the like the guy's not the wives. Like I didn't marry, you know. I didn't marry like their wives. Like I was friends with them and then they got married and I didn't have any say in it, so it's like, you know, sometimes you like them, but a lot of times it's like a dud, you know? I'm
0: trying to think if I had friends with their wives uh like me. I think that they would. I think that uh for the most part because um, again I'm not the bad boy I'm not the person that's going to be I'm not Just the, the troublemaker friend yeah uh, you know podcast the bad boy of podcasting sure but I'm not like the person that you have to worry about like oh you were out with Rob or we got at some strip club you know I'm not that guy you don't have to worry about that and I also feel like that the guys would also feel like I'm a very non-threatening person to hang out with where if you're like if you were a guy and, you're, and you and your wife are out with me you're also not worried that your wife is going to be like, oh, what did you like him? Like that's a it's a very <laughs> non-threatening situation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think for me, the opposite is that the guys like me because they can, you know, their, their wives can say like, well, at least you're not Weenaker. You know, like he hasn't changed a <laughs> diaper in however many years, and like he doesn't help his wife with anything. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. So I I, I feel like. It's a benefit for them to be friends with me, even if their wives hate me. (laughs) Yes,
0: that's good. So they like are next to you. It's like they seem like uh, boy, like uh, like I guess I didn't realize how lucky I am.
1: A guy said to me once, he's like, I didn't, I thought like parenting would would be like too hard. I didn't want to have like kids, and then I saw you could do it. I'm like, oh, anybody could do it. (laughs) That's what a guy said to me, like when it's right after his kid was born, and he was being totally serious.
0: Okay, (laughs) so anyway. We end up with Jerry coming back home and Jody is uh, has come to Kramer's house and given Kramer a massage and she's leaving. Now, we've talked about Kramer's many violations of the bro code. How far up the list is this?
1: Without warning Jerry, he was naked in a room with his girlfriend. Yes. It's up there. He it's pretty hired high up there.
0: Jerry's girlfriend to give him a massage.
1: Right. And it's not like she's in office somewhere. Right. Pretty bad.
0: Like if you again and and not to imply that there's anything uh, that's romantic at all about the the act of massage. But if you had a friend, if you had a uh, if you if you had a friend who was dating a masseuse and if you went behind his back to then hire said person to come and give you a massage. I mean, I'm sure it's all above board. But I think it would probably be a little weird for the, like, I don't think it would be weird for the masseuse. But I think it would be probably weird between you and your guy friend.
1: Right. But let, let's say she was a doctor. Okay. Would it be weird for him to go to her as doctor, as a doctor?
0: What kind of doctor is she?
1: Just a general practitioner. Well, And what's his issue? Uh, I, No, just in general. Like, I, he doesn't have one issue this time. He's going, like, can't, you know, the next three years for checkups. But, you know... Uh, I mean, anything it, in between. Does he need there's a not prostate exam? I mean, doesn't he doesn't need a prostate a exam. exam. I mean, he might need one, yeah. but right now he's just going in for like a basic, you know, annual checkup.
0: I mean, I don't think that's, that's, re- I, again, if there's, we're now we're getting into uh, like, you know, is, <laughs> well, it depends on what her specialty is. I think that might be a little odd, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But again, this is above my pay grade. I can't, I can't make a definitive call on this.
1: Yeah, be- I mean, but it, 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 the, the point is, Kramer was clearly in the wrong here.
0: Yeah, we might have to f- field this out either to our medical correspondent or to our, uh, we also have a, a cool guy correspondent.
1: Who's the cool guy correspondent?
0: We haven't used him in a while, but we definitely have one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, or what if we need like a Dear Abby type of person? Cause this is more of a, you know, like, yeah, this is really more of an etiquette question. Yeah.
0: All right. So anyway, we end up with now that Jerry is upset about this. George also wants to try to get back in Jody's good graces. He wants to help her get the massage table down to the street. So he's trying to help
1: her. And this is like a very aggressive, like, oh, oh, I'll help you. And she's obviously not interested in the help.
0: It is funny that she's like down in the street, like getting in the cab and he's like demonstrating how good he is at hailing the cab. And he's putting the table into the cab and he says, Hey, say hi to your sister for me. And she's like, she doesn't know you. And he's like, Jody's very blunt. I like yeah. this Jody. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Jerry and Kramer are talking about this massage. and Kramer is actually making it seem like a little bit suggestive in terms of how wonderful an experience it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's more like sensual, but it's she's like setting the mood, whatever. Yeah. This massage definitely happened in Jerry's apartment, right?
0: Oh, I, I don't know. I felt like it happened in Kramer's apartment. but I, Yeah, but I'm,
1: Kramer's apartment is kind of like Jerry's apartment. Like if he has someone come over and Jerry's not there, I feel like this stuff is going on in Jerry's apartment.
0: No, I'm not sure. That would be a whole nother violation.
1: Right. But anyway, he Kramer's banned for massages now. Yes.
0: And Jerry says, that's it. No more. Massages are, are out. And he says, because if I'm not getting one, you're not getting one.
1: I think it's a fair rule.
0: I think that is a very fair rule. All right. So now we cut to Giant Stadium. Elaine and Joel are hanging out. And so uh, we find out that Joel has pictures in his wallet. And the pictures are of his mom. And Elaine says, I see the resemblance. And Joel tells Elaine that he is adopted. Uh-oh.
1: It's a faux pas.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so now Kramer is at the will call booth. He is waiting for the ticket. He does not have his ID, though. And the guy is trying to tell him that he needs his ID to pick up the ticket. And Kramer says, I will be back tomorrow. Is there any chance in 2015 that Kramer would, would he have an easier time getting this ticket in
1: 2015? I mean, I don't know how it works. Like, couldn't they just email it to you and he could like scan it through his phone? Maybe if Kramer had a smartphone, which he probably wouldn't. Um, no, I think so. Was. I don't know. It's it, like I, I think Will Cole is probably used less now, mm-hmm. uh, and security is tighter. So yeah, being smart a smartphone,
0: I think you could probably have like maybe the barcode on the phone. I think that you probably uh, might be able to do that.
1: It's possible. I like I, I like the back and forth between him and like the stoner yeah, guy. The guy and, is Will funny. Cole.
0: and so Kramer is going to need Joel Rifkin to sign off on this. So this is kind of funny that so the announcer calls out, "Will Joel Rifkin report to the stadium office?" Uh, Joel Rifkin, and everybody in the stadium is like, "Wait, what?" And there's a really funny shot where it's like Lawrence Taylor is like, "Wait, what?" Joel
1: Rifkin. So, did they get LT for this, or they they just they just found a stock photo of I him? I feel looking like up.
0: that's sort of like stock NFL films footage.
1: Yeah, I agree. But they did a good job. I mean, sometimes shows have a tough time because you can't show any game action, and you're not renting out a stadium for this. You know, two second scene. They did a good job of like making you feel that they're at the giant game, and without looking too cheesy.
0: Okay, and the fact that it's Lt who is the person who can't believe that Joel Rifkin is being called to the desk is that funnier or less funny in hindsight?
1: Lt doesn't want anyone to kill (laughs) prostitutes. We love, by the way, LT. If you're listening, we LT, love you.
0: Uh, you know what? LT should get also reinstated back into the league. <laughs> back in the league, maybe LT should coach the Dolphins.
1: It's not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, again, I think uh, also I'm very he's misunderstood as well, LT. Yeah.
1: And uh, the legal system should really that's really done him <laughs> wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you realize so? Joel Rifkin like gets up here when he gets called. The whole stadium kind of freezes. Yeah, and the move here is. To not do anything, right? And then to get up like 30 seconds later when everyone's moved on.
0: Yeah. You're like, I have to go to the bathroom now.
1: It's like, I've, if you've ever been somewhere where your like, phone rings, like I'm, I'll be in like, synagogue and like your phone rings. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be... And it, it's kind of like you, people are like staring at like, Whose phone is that? You, you know, you get in trouble if your phone rings.
0: So you just let it keep ringing? Don't you have to take it out of your pocket to turn it off? <sighs>
1: No, let's say it like stops or let's say, let's say it doesn't ring. Let's say it makes like a loud, like a uh, alarm noise or you get like a tweet or something like that, but it's like loud. Yeah. And th- so like you don't go near your phone and then when everyone's like looking away, everyone stops looking at like whose phone that is. Then you go into like shut your phone off mode. Yeah. If it's ringing really loud, you can't do that. You obviously got to like shut it.
0: So Akiva, you don't subscribe to the whoever denied it, supplied it theory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think... I think the best thing to do in both situations here is just to act cool.
0: (laughs) Just act cool. Just act cool. Um, You know, I think it's a little odd, though, that Joel Rifkin himself seems oblivious to the fact that he shares the name with Joel Rifkin, the serial killer.
1: It's very strange. It's like Elaine is the first person to ever bring this up to him.
0: Yeah. It's almost like this is news to him that his reaction isn't like, yeah, I know. I know. Everything is fine. I mean, it is terrifying that you could go through your whole life and, you know, somebody, and again, probably a little less common. Are you the only Kiva Winokur?
1: I'm the only, there's only 11 Wienokurs total. So I'm the only Kiva Winokur, but it's, I could hear it a little bit. I don't have a serial killer name, but I do have like a strange name that people would make fun of. Mm-hmm. And when I said to my grandfather, like, we should, I should really change my name. He didn't even like, it wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't do it. He didn't understand why I would want to. Mm-hmm. But like I see on Facebook, like my baby sisters are like people call them weenie, you know, like that's what that's what their name is. Yeah. So it was probably a mistake not to change it.
0: <laughs> uh, there is another Rob Sister Nino out there and I do feel bad. Are there. you serious? Yeah. That, uh, not uh, no relation.
1: I or, think you should get him on a podcast and just <laughs> like talk about life with him.
0: I think he's like a serious person. Like I think he's like uh, like a person who's like in like involved in like like local politics in where. Oh, uh, he'll
1: do a podcast then. <laughs>
0: it's fine. But I I've, I always feel like that uh, he probably is annoyed by my tomfoolery.
1: Probably because to him, he's probably always like, yeah, the other one is a reality television star. Yeah, he's like
0: a council person, and sometimes I get like a Google alert, like Rob Sisternino, like council person was involved with this with this vote. So we end up back at Jerry's apartment. Kramer comes in and he has a stiff back. And uh, apparently he was sitting in the giant stadium seats. Akiva, can you attest to this? Do, are the seats very comfortable at the former Meadowlands Coliseum complex? They're not.
1: But I, I sat in the first row so I could put my feet up on like the bar. Yes. So that helped a little bit, but they're not comfortable seats. They were really, they would hurt.
0: Yes. And would you need a massage uh, after that? I you no. Not I
1: mean, come way. on. It's a football game. I mean, there's no massages afterwards. But when it was like freezing cold and uh, it was snowing on you, that wasn't fun. But you wouldn't need a massage afterwards.
0: And what about Kramer's story about diving for a football that went over the net? Is that plausible for
1: 1990? I mean, it's happened like in the history of football, like field goals go over every now and then or once in a while, like um, the people who who yank up the net, like forget to do it or there's like a impromptu field goal. So they didn't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. That's happened also. So it is possible to get a ball in the crowd, but it's like it's like one in a seventy-five thousand chance. And I think they even ask for it back sometimes.
0: All right. So no massage. Jerry is firm on this law. No massages. So we see then uh George and Karen, and they're out to eat and they're at monks, and they're talking about, boy, I think that she doesn't like me. And Karen is like really like, hey, I'm tired of hearing about her. And George is just keep going on and on. Like it's like George is being like particularly obtuse about this.
1: Yeah, just stop bringing her up. She's clearly not interested.
0: Yeah, just stop it. Just stop it. Because Karen does seem to be very into him.
1: No, but George needs to be liked by everyone.
0: Okay. So now we see Elaine and Joel, and they're now discussing the name changing. And so they're going to come up with a list, and each of them has the right to veto the list. So we start going down the line. The first name Joel suggests is Stewart. And Elaine's very anti-Stewart.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're changing your name, Stewart's not, there's nothing wrong with Stewart. It's a fine name, but it's such a basic name. Like why, if you're changing it, do something a little more fun.
0: So what do you think is the move here? If you are Joel Rifkin, do you want to basically be the equivalent of John Smith? Like, do you want a name that is way incognito? Or do you want, basically like the uh, you know Buzz Lightyear basically like do you want some sort of flashy type
1: name I mean if I'm like it, Joe, he seems like the type of person who wants I don't to go know, like, John Buzz Smith.
0: Lightyear is the cool name
1: <laughs> I don't really, I, that's not a bad name um, I he seems like a guy who wants to go John Smith I think the the move is to do you know do do something memorable but also he's keeping the name Rifkin right they're not talking about last names yeah which yeah. Like maybe that would be make more sense to switch. Just switch to like your mother's maiden name or something.
0: Yeah. Why not? Go for it. So Elaine shoots down Stuart, and then
1: uh the next name that comes up is what, Todd? Yeah, Todd. That same same deal as Stuart. Fine name, but not uh you know, not something that you're gonna switch to if you're trying to be exciting.
0: <laughs> and then uh Alex is the next one that comes up and Elaine says, No, she knew an Alex that would drink his coffee and be like, ah,
1: yeah, he did it 40 times. <laughs> 40 times. She had to drop the class. I like that she throws that in. Like That's like Seinfeld going too far. Like, no, you didn't drop the class because he was drinking coffee.
0: Okay. So the getting nowhere with the Elaine and uh, Joel name change. Also, then uh, we're seeing Jerry and Jody now back at Jerry's apartment. Jerry has set up his own massage table in his apartment and is trying to get Jody to uh, get the hint he would like a massage, please.
1: Yeah, and this normally perceptive person has no idea what he's getting at here.
0: Yes. And so they're talking about where are they gonna go? And and Sherry's like, why do we have to go anywhere? And he's like trying to put like her hands on him and like pulls her down onto the table. Again, I do feel like some lines are being crossed in tor- in terms of uh forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do.
1: Yeah, and I'd forgotten how sort of like aggressive this, you know, end of the episode is. But it is a little bit uh, questionable. It's a little uncomfortable. I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like, it doesn't hold up well. I will say that they're in on the joke more than like they would be in another scenario. Like they're making fun of it in the sense that like he just wants a massage. Like he, you know, Jerry has no real ill intentions here. Mm-hmm. But what? The, but what are they mocking? They're like, make this is like a giant like rape analogy. Like it does, yeah, you know what I mean? It,
0: that's the unfortunate part of this. I'm yeah. saying
1: like I don't think they really factor. It is kind of like funny um in like that he just wants a massage and like and jerry's not doing anything wrong here mm-hmm. but like why are they doing this like why you know why are they going for like the full-blown you know they could be more subtle about it like why are they making it seem like um you know like jerry's being forceful even though the the scene uh a couple of scenes from now where he puts her hands on her is kind of like a hilarious thing to do mm-hmm. you know it's still like it's it it you know it it this would never air today <laughs>
0: without some uh you know significant revisions
1: all right so and now, if they did they would have like a uh, nbc like the more you know afterwards like if anybody touches you in any way when you don't want to yeah you know get out of that situation
0: all right so we see george and karen and they're like making out on the couch and then george stops because he just is talking about how uh you know i i should really go clear the air with her nothing confrontational and karen is really fed up she's had enough of this
1: uh, it's fair fair you know that uh like all he does is talk about this his uh, friend's girlfriend all day i
0: mean i think that we have now passed the point of plausibility with this storyline where george is now you know in the process of kissing karen and he's still thinking about jody
1: yeah i mean he could he could like you know do whatever he wants to do with her and then sort of worry you know discuss it in bed afterwards or something like it's Yes, George's George's strategy here is really terrible,
0: right? But now are you buying that George has now become obsessed with her? Is that maybe enough reason to say that to say why George is acting the way he's acting?
1: Yes, I think he's moved on from from Karen and he's totally, you know, focusing on, you know, it is I guess it's plausible somewhat to like be obsessed with someone just because they hate you so much.
0: Mm -hmm. So Karen eventually says to George when he gets up to leave, well, now I hate you. And he says that
1: i used to. All right, there. Listen, there are funny parts of this episode. It doesn't work as a whole, but there's a lot of scenes that are pretty good.
0: So now Elaine and Joel are back to fighting about the names. Elaine wants to. Know, What's wrong with the name Ned?
1: I feel like I think Groundhog Day when I think Ned. Right, like <laughs> about Ned about Phil.
0: Game of Thrones is a uh, Ned a hotter name because of Game of Thrones.
1: Uh, yeah, because uh, um, you know, he's the star of the show.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Uh, Joel says that Ned's a guy who buys irregular
1: underwear. Next, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and then she says Ellis, which I think is actually a really good name. Ellis Rifkin. Ellis is like a solid first name. You can't make fun of it. It's not nerdy. It's not too weird. It's a good name. It should be <laughs> used more often.
0: Better last name. Like what is it? Like Ellis Burke? Is that the uh...
1: Ellis Burke?
0: Yeah, was the baseball? Uh,
1: it, it goes both ways, Ellis. You could be like Hunter Ellis. You could be Ellis Burke.
0: Okay. Yeah, Ellis Burks. That uh, he was a uh, uh an Indian. And a, and a
1: Colorado Rocky. Not a cigar store Indian that we're going to talk about next week.
0: Okay, good tease. Good tease. And they just they can't get these names right. They're talking about Remy. Uh, Remy, Remy, I think, Remy. is the rat
1: from Ratatouille, so I'm out on that. I'm anti-rat.
0: Yeah. And so, ultimately, uh, they get nowhere.
1: And, and then that's it. Like, they literally get nowhere. We never see that, him again.
0: Yeah. All right, so now... George comes into the scene with Jerry and Jody fighting about the massage and Jerry is calling her a massage tease. And again, we're making this uh, analogy back to some sort of a romantic scenario with this. Yeah. (laughs) It's not great. It's not great. And so then George is coming in and talking about how, can you excuse us for a couple minutes? He wants Jerry to leave so he can be alone with Jody.
1: Yeah. The stare down. So, George comes in and I guess he's able, even though he did, probably didn't hear what just happened, mm-hmm. he's able to sense like, oh, they're breaking up or they just had a fight. And then the stare down between Jody and George here is really fantastic.
0: Yeah, and ultimately George says, this is a woman who hates me so much that it's irresistible.
1: Starting to like her.
0: <laughs> yeah. A woman that hates me so much comes across once in a lifetime.
1: <laughs> uh, not really true. I feel like we've seen, we'll see about 20 week. women hate George this much. Week.
0: Yeah. anyway. So George is going to go after her. Jerry says, I wouldn't push for the massage.
1: (laughs) It's a good line, actually, to end it on.
0: And then that's uh, the end of the episode. George is going to run after her. Now, again, we do the closing stand-up, and Jerry is talking about how the Swedish, they have meatballs, and they like. Uh, They have massage, Swedish massage. They really like having meat in their hands. But Jerry says he doesn't like the massage because... He feels like uh, that somebody like, uh, you know, gives you a rub down and then and then that's it. You're free to leave. And uh, it's kind of a, a very suggestive uh, bit of stand up from Jerry. Unusually suggestive, I feel like.
1: Yeah, he's all over the map here. I do you know the Swedish stuff didn't really work for me. He
0: talks about how it's almost like having chocolate rubbed all over your face and uh, I guess none on your mouth, and it's like saying, excuse me, you missed a spot. So I feel like Jerry is kind of saying here with his uh, massage story that the thing about the massage is that people are touching you all over your body except for the one place you want to be touched.
1: Jerry wins Freaky Freak of the Week.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So how about that? This is, look, and I'm not even saying I disagree with the theory or the principle, I just feel like that's an odd bit of, uh, odd choice for Jerry to do in his stand-up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: And and an odd spot for him to have that in, you know, an episode of Seinfeld, the TV show. But there you go. All right, Akiva, okay, where do we rank the masseuse?
1: So I mean, I do think that I laughed a bunch of times in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even the cutaway to Lawrence Taylor is really funny. Yeah, I like the, I like the stare down between uh, between uh, George and uh, Jerry's girlfriend. But some of the scenes, like like you said, they actually have a legitimately confusing scene in the restaurant, right? Where you don't even realize like whose girlfriend is whose. That kind of doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I laughed a few times, um, I'm not going to really destroy it, even though it's not a great episode. So I put it at 123.
0: 123. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't really disagree with that. I mean, it's hard to say whether it's a 120 or 130s episode, but I think that there's definitely uh, some moments. What do you think is the best gag in the whole episode?
1: The best gag. I, it might um, be the OJ
0: line.
1: <laughs> OJ line is funny, but that's accident. That's like unintentional humor. Yeah. Yeah. even with The truth when they're talking about names, it is really interesting. I also really like the uh, interaction between Kramer and the stoner. uh guy in the wheel call who, if you look at him now, is like a super cool like biker guy. Mm-hmm. The guy in the wheel, kit, wheel call, he does not still look like he's uh, just got electrocuted on the set of Weird Science.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, there we go for uh, the masseuse. Anything else that doesn't hold up in 2015?
1: I mean, we talked about the will call stuff. Um, Nothing really. I, I, I feel like I feel like she'd have an app to make massages to get to get him, you know, to give a massage or something. And then Jerry would sign up and she wouldn't realize like she was giving him one. Yeah, hit the and room. then she'd get up and leave. Skies. Uh, that's not, you know, that's possible. Uh, Joel Rifkin. Eh, no, I mean, most of it holds up. Okay. All right, let's take uh, some of our
0: emails. Of course, we get emails every week, Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Why don't we start with uh, Craig, uh, who says that uh, this is uh, Craig in Vancouver. Anyway, uh, that Craig says, uh, when it comes to really, they were on Seinfeld, Jennifer Coolidge may be in the top three of that. I've seen her on multiple, uh, this episode multiple times, and they didn't know that was her until earlier.
1: I don't know if she's famous enough. Like she's a that person, but she's not a. Oh my gosh! I can't believe Jennifer Coolidge was in. I feel like people mix her up with Jennifer uh, Connolly, who's way more famous. Yes, and has like won Oscars or been nominated for Oscars.
0: Also, Craig says, uh, as I said in last week's email to you guys, congratulations on your Mets. The Expos will be back soon and better than ever. Enjoy your playoffs now. Yada yada yada.
1: Um, I do like how the Expos fans are like the Expos <laughs> have more fans than the Marlins still. <laughs>
0: What is what is the equivalent of of the expos? Like what is the pop culture equivalent of this thing that people keep talking about is coming back? But there's really actually no really like evidence that it is coming back, but people are convinced that it is coming back.
1: Was it like the Guns N' Roses album before it came out <laughs> that people would just think was it like Tupac still being alive, maybe?
0: <laughs> like I wanna say it's like something like Twin Peaks or something like that, or the X Files, but I know that people are actually working on those things. I like it's almost like the Ghostbusters movie.
1: Well, that's coming out, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but it's actually, yeah, it's actually coming out. So I feel like, what's the thing that's just like- Well, in a few
1: years, it's going to be Lost. People are going to be talking about rebooting Lost.
0: Yeah, I feel like the Full House uh, reunion project, I feel like was also like that. So maybe the, the Expos are going to be next.
1: Or maybe it's maybe it's Tupac. Maybe it's like, maybe it's, uh, it's not going to happen.
0: Okay. All right, here is a email from Garrett. And Garrett says, I love the podcast. As a new university student and a huge Seinfeld fan, I've been binge listening to all your podcasts and absolutely love them. About this episode, I found it to be the most dated by far. In lieu of Elaine <laughs> substituting OJ as a name after the OJ Simpson thing, or the lack of cell phones with Kramer being called at the football game, uh, so that's another good one. Another good point for the 2015.
1: Yeah, um, right. Of course. Yeah, I mean, cell phones. It goes without saying in every episode. Would solve be solved with cell phones? Of
0: course. Uh, so, Garrett wants to know: uh, Would there be any other celebrity mentions be uh, cringeworthy after uh, the OJ thing? So, can you think of another celebrity name that would be particularly bad?
1: What was the Jinx's name? <laughs> <laughs> I th- By the way, the jinx, jinx jinxie, if you're listening, uh, you didn't do it, even though you admitted to doing in the bathroom. We know you didn't do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a score of names that would just be very bad that to change your name to like uh, Osama would been a very bad name for Joel Rifkin to change his name to in 1993, although he would not know that for a while. Like there's I mean, you come up with it like every infamous person.
1: Uh, sure. I'm. I'm trying to think. Like, who would be? I mean, OJ was literally number one. Uh, you know, very soon after this episode. Filmed. Right. Uh,
0: I, I guess the question is, who is a famous person in 1993? Probably, you know, uh, Bill Cosby Rifkin would probably. But a lot, yeah, right. You.
1: The problem is you're throwing in like OJ is known by one name, right? Right. So for like to really work, it's got right. You got to put in both the first and the last name. So mm-hmm. right, Bill Cosby Rifkin. If it was like a woman, you wouldn't want to be like Casey Anthony Rifkin. <laughs> by the way Casey Casey's out so if you're listening Casey we know that you didn't do it it was yes. your dad or whatever yes. we, we it wasn't that just that they forgot to check Chrome and they only checked Internet Explorers. So they forgot to check that you Googled how to strangle somebody yes. or something
0: okay <laughs> fair enough alright uh, Johnny DeSilvera, Uh he also wants to know uh, if you two had to go into the witness protection program you could choose your name what would it be?
1: that's a good question Johnny hmm by the way, I do like Dion. But um, I'm going to say... The problem is I want to say, like, Ladanian as my first name. I mean, obviously, I'm not keeping Weenicker. Yeah. I'm going to go super generic, so it can't be googled. obviously. I, you know, from your last name, you got to go, like, Smith, Williams, Jackson. I'm yeah. going to go Ladanian Jackson.
0: Ladanian Jackson. That's pretty what good. What do you think about that? Yeah. What about you? Uh, let's see. I would like to... So I have to change my name. Uh, what about, like... Uh, well, I want something. Uh, no, I would want something that's easy to spell. Like I want something that's like a short name. I'm like one of these people that's like you know you want the opposite of what you have, and I, I like I want like a really like short like uh, like you know I want like be something like Jones, like something like that. I want like a short.
1: Like, you want to just, but you want to go very generic where no one's going to find you because we're in the witness protection program here. Someone's coming after us.
0: Well ideally I want something killer. Jones would be perfect I don't want somebody to be so perfect. like Bill Jones has Bill Jones but that's probably like so ma- like made is up is that too boring
1: do you want like don't you want at least an exciting first name if you're Jones last name
0: I don't want something that exciting like I feel like uh, just going back to like Todd that would be a good like I feel like that would be
1: good Todd Jones the roller coaster
0: <laughs> and I would want something that sound kind of sounded like Rob so I would just sort of like uh, like Todd Todd, Todd, Todd. But, no
1: why do you want something that sounds like Rob you're in witness protection
0: because should, if
1: somebody says you should change Todd, your name to like a Hasidic Jewish name you know, or
0: something. If somebody says Todd, then I want to be able to turn around and know if they're talking to me. Because That's it would, true. It would That's Be really true. phony if Todd, Todd, Todd. Like oh oh, I don't Todd. turn around. I'm Todd, you know, or or like Brian, Brian, Brian. Like, who's Brian? Oh like oh I'm Brian. Like Todd, I would think that maybe they say Rob.
1: It is annoying. Like my name is Akiva. And my daughter's name is Adira and it sounds obviously a lot alike when my wife is calling or yelling at one of us. So it sounds like, you know, so it's like I, I go every time she's being called right. also. You don't, right. want to, you don't want to be too close to your name.
0: Yeah. So it's like if you have a kid and you name the kid the same name, I feel like that would be very confusing in the house. Like I wouldn't want that sort of aggravation.
1: That's why there's no Rob Jr.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why I said, I said no. we will go with a completely different name, Dominic. All right, so then let's go to our next question. Now let's see what Amir has to say. Amir wants to know why is Kramer so worked up about Joyce being so special? It's New York City. There are literally thousands of people you can hire to give you a massage. Look at Amir.
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Especially since, like, go over to Joyce. Isn't it Jody? Jody, <laughs> Joyce. That who's Joyce? Have we been calling her the wrong name the whole time, or is I Amir? I don't wrong?
0: believe so. I <laughs> think this is the first time um, you're mentioning Joyce. Did she change her name?
1: No, it's, it's, it maybe, maybe there's a serial, serial uh, you know, killer who kills masseuses name. Um, but I think, um, I think that just go over to her and say like, who's the best, you know what I mean? Cause you go over to the doctor and you'll be like, I can't go to you for whatever reason. You don't take my insurance, but who's the best guy, you know? Mm. Right. So just go over to her and find someone else good. Like, don't, you know, he's right. There's a million masseuses. You don't need to have your, you know, your friend's girlfriend as your masseuse.
0: Also, Amir says that George is ahead of the game with his assertion that good-looking women don't get traffic tickets. It takes Jerry until he's dating the gorgeous Nikki in the Calzone for him to realize that. Yeah, that's a good callback. Okay, so that must have been something that was floating around the uh, Seinfeld writer's room for a while.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's a thing, but it is in Seinfeld, I guess. Okay. Again, okay. we are looking for a beautiful woman correspondent, though.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. For just to answer Seinfeld questions.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. No other reasons.
0: Yes. All right, and then finally, uh, let's take an email from... Do we have one from Chester?
1: He's on vacation now.
0: (laughs) He's on vacation from the show, too?
1: I I guess.
0: (laughs) Okay. And let's do one last email. This is from Adrian uh, from Ireland, who says, uh, Concerning Newman's bald head at the end of the Barber episode, I would presume that Jerry took a few swipes with the razor and left Newman several bald patches and no option but to shave his entire head. Otherwise, he'd look like quite the fool. What do you think of that? Yeah, as opposed
1: to us saying that he held him down for a half hour while he shaved his head, he's probably right. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's good. And also, uh, Adrian says, I quite enjoyed the episode, especially Kramer strutting his stuff on the catwalk and then falling while standing off at the edge of one of the tables. Uh, Ta-ta, Tuttle. Nice, Adrian. Yes, there you go. All right, Akiva, so you already mentioned Cigar Store Indian coming up next.
1: Yes, we got a, got a, a big episode from Frank Costanza. We got TV Guides uh you know what could go what could go wrong okay we got al roker okay
0: all right so lots of stuff coming up next week on the seinfeld podcast what is the hashtag for this episode
1: you know i was thinking what if like people give us their um their sort of witness protection program name
0: oh <laughs> all right so use that at the hashtag there'll be no way to track the through line for
1: that? right, but I feel like I, I feel like you know we get under 10,000 uh tweets about this show, so it, it should be. We'll be, I mean, you could also, how about like you could do that and then hashtag like Ladanian Jackson or so or something else from the episode.
0: Well, now you're using up a lot of characters, but sure, right? I guess
1: Danian Jackson. So, what's your name? <laughs> we need to do the short one. Was
0: I Todd Jones?
1: Todd Jones, Hashtag Todd Jones,
0: yeah. All right, there you go. All right, you can follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at kiev26. I am at Rob Sestrino. We will be probably doing a lot of uh, bitching and moaning about the Mets if things do not go well. I probably uh, will not say much if things do go well because I will try not to jinx it.
1: Yeah, don't be like the jinx. We love you, (laughs) jinxie.
0: Very misunderstood as well. All right. Uh, Thanks so much to Mike Moore, who writes the show recaps, and Scott St. Pierre, who does a great job editing the Seinfeld podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the Cigar Store Indian. You can subscribe, leave us feedback ratings, comments, the work, all at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.